This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. You are listening to Art Not Science, presented by the Physics Room Contemporary Art Space, a monthly podcast of artist talks, panel discussions, and other events. Tēnā tātou katoa. No mai hoki mai ki tēnei kaupapa korero, or the Physics Room. No mai whakarongo mai whakatau mai. My name is Abby Kinane, and I'm the director of the Physics Room, a contemporary art space dedicated to developing and promoting contemporary art and critical discourse in Aotearoa. Based in central Ōtautahi since 1996, we assist artists with resources and opportunities to enable creative and professional development and work to support the acknowledgement and understanding of contemporary art among New Zealanders. Our goal is to actively seek links between the arts and other areas of cultural production, and to involve art as a contributing voice in wider intellectual, social and political debate. In this episode of Art, Not Science, we are sharing a conversation I had with artist Louisa Tora, the Creative New Zealand University of Canterbury Macmillan Brown Centre for Pacific Studies Artist in Residence for 2021. Louisa is an interdisciplinary artist, a curator and writer whose work focuses on Indigenous, queer and feminist themes. She lives in Otahu. Louisa is also part of the Vengia Project, a Fijian female collective made up of artists, curators, researchers and academics who came together to share research on Vengia, a traditional female tattooing practice. Since they started working together in 2015, this project has been ongoing. As part of the residency, the physics room is hosting Ilako Lako Ni Vengia, a Vengia project exhibition. The exhibition includes edited footage from a 2018 trip the Vengia Project took to Yarrow Village on Kia Island in northern Fiji, where they spent time in Talanoa with people there about Vengia. The film will sit alongside research material, an audio recording, and three matako, female ancestral figures, carved by collective member Margaret All. Recorded ahead of the opening of the exhibition, from Saturday 25 September, in this episode, Louisa and I speak more broadly about the past Vengia Project exhibitions, collaboration, and the joys and challenges of presenting community-focused work in contemporary art galleries. Kia ora, my tato. Kia ora, Louisa. Nice to see you on Zoom. <laughs> and you, thank you for having me. It's not so good not being able to be face-to-face, but we've got to carry on the conversation in these times. Louisa, I just wondered if you would start off, if you could just introduce yourself in your way and also the members of the collective that you bring with you in this project. Cool. So my name is Louisa Kete El Torre. I'm from Kandavu in the south of Fiji. My mother is also from Kandavu. I know that I've in applications and all that you've referred to as an artist, but I've in recent times been more interested in uh, a Fijian approach to it, which is the Matai Sao, which is my clan, like you call it Yotutu Vagvanua. And so my, our role, there would be the artisans, but not also that. It's a creativity in service of a cause, or you'd either that or a request from a chief. So I'm a Matai Sao, 
a curator at times, a DIY curator, I like to say. And uh, although they won't let me forget it, uh, a writer at times. So I have a, an individual practice. I also have a collaborative practice with my partner, artist Molly Rangiwa Mikhail. And since about 2014, I've been a member of the Vengia Project. That's spelled V-E-I-Q-I-A. And if you wish to pronounce it, it's say Vain, V-A-I-N, Gear. And that's a collective of Fijian women who are based in various locations. There's Chuana Monalangi, who's in uh, Tamaki Makoto, as well as Margaret Orr, who's in Te Awimutu. Then there's Donita Hume, who's in Sydney, and Dulcie Stewart, who is in Brisbane. And our curator slash project uh, team leader, Dr. Teresi Surovivundilo. She's currently an associate professor at the University of Hawaii in, on Hilo. So we refer to ourselves as a creative research project inspired by traditional Fijian female tattoo. And we've come together mostly online, as you can imagine, over six years or so to conduct research and talanoa and various creative outputs, exhibitions and residencies to share the story of Vengia and also to find out more about what's out there in the community. And so, yeah, that's kept us busy for a couple of years and for a few more, I'm sure. <laughs> Kia ora. Yeah, <laughs> just talking about the, the kind of wealth of material that's online that you guys have brought forward and, and given back or staged something of a, of a return of knowledge, which is obviously a really important part of what you do mm. as a collective. I really appreciate on the website the sort of fuck-up-up of the project going right back to 2008 to a, um, mm-hmm. a project you were part of. I wondered if you could just dance over that so we can sort of go to the origin of this group. Or this mm. The various members of the group that have learned about being at different stages in, in our lives, but I think that collectively and creatively we we'd, um, a few of us were involved, Margaret, myself, Dulcie, um, Emma Tavola, who was originally also creating project leader. And I'm trying to think who else came through from Aotearoa. Yeah, but we were the, all there and there was a lot of talk around Vengia. This was at the Vasu Pacific Women of Power exhibition, which uh, which was the first, um, what we say, contemporary art exhibition of women in Fiji and, and we'd imagine the Pacific, which I co-curated with Jackie Lea Tamua, uh, Christentia Francis-Koya and Anne Tart. And it brought together about 41 women from around the region. So there was that Talanoa that then continued when I moved to um, Tamaki the following year. And in that time, I think, or soon after, there was a Maramani Viti workshop, women, Fijian women in leadership, run by Dr. Teresi Surovivundilo and Chuana Monalangi. And while we were there, it came up again and we were like, it, it was a workshop for Fijian women to come together and learn about Naito Vakaviti or Fijian Tikanga for Fijian women. You know, so the order of mats, our roles at weddings and funerals, our, our roles in relation to each other and relations. That's, I think, where the project stemmed from when they were like, what next? And so the discussion started proper about how we went, go about this. And I think that's when Tarisi and Emma started sort of bringing artists together and Dulcie was able to come in thankfully when we first did our first trip to Auckland Museum and really we've just been 
running since then. It's yeah. Well, jogging, jogging. No, yeah. running. I remember when I met you guys <laughs> in 2015 around the Wall yes. Street show. It wasn't jogging. You're definitely. Not <laughs> <laughs> it was momentum. I'm quite interested in this idea. Well, I guess you touched on it when you were sort of introducing yourself at the beginning of identifying within this artisan, um, like whakapapa. And this mm. question arises to me often, like when there's collective practice like this, and it obviously relates to historical knowledge, many different forms of knowledge, albeit interconnected. Mm. Like why is contemporary art, like why are artists specifically involved in this project? Like why are you making exhibitions? How do they work for you as a form? I'm so interested in this. It's not a very easy question. No, no, that's not. Um, first of all, the practice of Vengia is a creative practice. And so it would make sense that it would have creative outputs to continue that conversation because we are able to bring the winning gear designs forward in different ways and respond to them personally and have people come through and you have artist talks and it's not always about the artwork. So I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but I think that one, it is a creative practice, so it makes sense. Not sure about the galleries. We've been rethinking. I don't think, think that we might be at a stage where we're like, is it still galleries? But every time we do have work in galleries, we have Fijian communities turn up in throws and the public programming as well. So it, it's not like there isn't a community component to it as well. And we always try to have a family fun day and we, we always, we've taken it to the Pacifica Festival, to the Fijian village where at times Joanna's daughters were being marked by Julia Mangeo Gray, mm-hmm. who we've worked with since 2015. I think Dulcie Stewart was the first person to receive marks. And so there are different ways that we've been doing it, but also specifically about taking it out. Mm-hmm. But it also brings the Fijian communities into galleries as another way of engaging people in the Talanoa. Because as you can imagine, you have an absolutely different kopapa if you were to have a formal community meeting in, in that sort of setting. This allows people to come in and ask questions in a different setting. Mm, mm. And some, so we, we try everything, basically. We're not leaving any, <laughs> any, any options out. <laughs> We're like, what about a website? Yes, let's do a website. What about a podcast? Would you like to do a podcast? Because I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's working through what works best at the time. Yeah. And, and so we've been fortunate to have residencies where we've had opportunity to do lots more community workshops. Mm. And that was, that was in Sydney, and uh, the second one was the Maramani, which ended with the Maramani Viti exhibition. Mm. Um, I think that was now two years ago. Mm. So galleries have been great in that sense. I mean, for Maramaviti, we built a, a meeting house in the gallery and just people walking in and seeing it where they hadn't seen one in years. And that just seeing people walking around in wonder, like, I know this and just touching it, mm. being in a gallery affords us these opportunities. Yes. You know, yes. so... Um, I don't know if it's a double-edged sword, but it's worked for us so far. Yeah, That answers my question really interestingly. I suppose it's like a question I'm always putting to myself. Like it's mm. not about how should practices be fit for a gallery space, but it's like how is the exhibition format actually useful and actually like I think art yeah. is useful among many other things. But I suppose I feel like the exhibition format should be kept on its toes. It should be 
contemporary art is a double-edged sword because it's always kind of exoticizing and fetishizing things at the same time as presenting knowledge, which mm. is just a, a really interesting fine line. And I think particularly with a practice like yours, there's so much to share and it's so important that the exhibition format works to um, to uphold and to disclose certain aspects and then also to hold close others. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think um, we've also been very blessed that the galleries have been very kind to us. So that's been quite welcoming because you're not having to go in and explain yourself. We've been blessed to work with curators like yourself and Iwana Gordon-Smith who have a base and understanding and knowledge. And so when you do go in, you're not doing the groundwork of having to, you know, do that, which is when we probably be like red flags and not engage further. It is also, other than being a creative practice and that makes sense, it, it is, um, I think that a way that we keep ourselves safe, ensuring cultural safety as well, mm. not just to go and be those randoms in New Zealand. Did you see what they did? You know what I mean? Like not to keep ourselves in check is always, well, what I like to call a Vasu center practice. Mm-hmm. And Vasu is your maternal lineage. Mm-hmm. And their roles and everything that go with those that we had in the Maramani Viti workshop that preceded the shows. And that has a tikanga, of course. And so we ensure that whatever we're doing is guided by that. And so I think it's great when you're in the in a space where you can have those two conversations in one place. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. to be guided by that. And that protects not just ourselves, but the gallery as well. Mm. Because mm. uh, we don't want to, in, in, you know, invite any any negative spirituality coming through either. You know, <laughs> no, that's very real. real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. very real traditions, and they're very real marks. And so, yeah, we're very aware of that whenever we enter conversations. Yeah, there's definitely a like gravitas that comes with that. There's tikanga that comes with that for sure. Mm. You are listening to Art Not Science, presented by the Physics Room Contemporary Art Space. I guess I feel very aware of, you know, who your work is for in the first instance of having a primary audience of Fijian women. I'm Mm. thinking about, and again, this is a question for me and for visitors as well, about tikanga in terms of approaching the work, in terms of coming into the space I just wondered if you would talk a bit, maybe with your experience of previous exhibitions or sharing this work in this amorphous public space, we write mm-hmm. on our all our, all our all our material, like, this is free, all are welcome. And I'm always like, who are you all? Who is all? <laughs> um, yeah, just if you, if you wouldn't mind mm. speaking a little bit about the kinds of interactions that maybe you've witnessed or been part of with these projects and um I don't know, just if there's anything that you've learned or would like to share with regard to audience encounter, that meeting, that relationship that's formed in the space. Mm. Well, for instance, one thing that we've done before getting to exhibitions is we've been building an, a bibliography of resources that we've come across in collections or online. or And these are publicly available documents. This is one thing that we've talked about is that whatever we share is open knowledge because there's obviously closed and open knowledge and some of it we are not privy to ourselves. But what we do have and what we've always talked about is that we're in a position of privilege. Some of us work at university, 
some of us, you know, we live overseas, so there's a certain amount of privilege available. We can afford um, to access databases sometimes and pay for images and and that sort of thing. And then they become copyright things for sharing. But we're always aware of that, that we are sharing open knowledge. And even the work that we do with, for instance, the Vanua of uh, Yarra village in Kia, that knowledge is closed because it's there specifically. It's been shared in one article, but not the stories of the, the elders who had seen the women, their grandmothers who were marked or in some points, their peers. Mm. So that's actually how we go about it. And we're not academics in any, any sense of the word. I was asked about someone and what their qualifications were. And I said, their qualification is she's a Fijian woman who's aware of her tikanga and she conducts herself accordingly and her relation to you and vice versa will be guided by that first of all. And so the other thing is that they are guided by personal relationships as well. I mean, if you want to talk about Sean Wilson's relational accountability, mm-hmm. there is that and, and relationships that we go through to ensure IP as well from the mm-hmm. other side, which is through the Ministry of Itoke and Cultural Affairs. Mm-hmm. So there are several checks and balances in place, but also depending on who comes up to you in an exhibition, you know, you're not just like, here's all I know. It's, it's very much building relationships. That's generally how we go about it. And again, to return always to the Vasu Centre practice, you would not have certain conversations with certain people anyway, mm. because of, you know, like brothers and sisters and daughters, fathers, there's different ways of relating. So Absolutely. again, it comes back to, to all of that. Yeah. Who you are and where you are in terms of who you are and where you are and who you're with. And then there's always debriefing if there are things that come up during shows and that sort of thing. We discuss it collectively. Mm. Mm. If there are any, not issues of negative, but you know, positive as well, the questions or, or like, actually, that was a really good idea. Mm. I think that were quite organic that way. Mm. Mm. Yeah. To me, that, that sort of goes back to that relational accountability thing as well. Like yeah. seeing a practice is obviously something that has continuity. You know, it's threaded through with all these relationships that keep on mm. strengthening, but like changing as well. So, yeah, so that debrief yeah. process seems like such an obvious, but often kind of overlooked yeah. thing with an exhibition where it's all about the opening, this kind of explosion of possibility, yeah. you know, encounters, relationships, drinking combos, whatever. But then yeah. what happens next in the kind of transmission yeah. of knowledge, but the consolidation of relationships as well. This idea of continuity and accountability as being a, essentially like a time-based process. I was quite interested. We've yeah. talked a couple of times about, I guess, like pace, like jogging or running with this knowledge, but also um, notions of like allowing things the time that they take because research relationships <laughs> take time yeah. fundamentally, but then also aspects of urgency and I guess I just wonder if you just talk a bit yeah. about those two things in your experience. Absolutely well I, I think that would be best to speak specifically to the Yarrow village because that's what uh, the residency was I'll be focusing on is we've documented everything from day dot but in 2019 we had this pivotal experience where we went to an island and interviewed elders there as I mentioned and so they would be in the probably 60s or 70s now. And soon after, Cyclone Yasa happened and leveled 
their village specifically. It was so sad and it just gave us a, a sense of urgency and not just telling the story, but being able to take it back to them because that's part of the process of a, of a conversation. You first do a presentation, then there's relationship building, there's explaining your COPA, but there's a whole vanilla research framework. But at the end, not at the end, it's all sort of penultimate is um, reporting back. It's called Vakarongo Lestale. So it gave us a real sense of they're at a, this age, but also climate change is changing things so much. They are right on the water. They're not sheltered in any way. There's also, you know, these concerns about how we might take it back to them or if we could bring them to the island and you don't want to expose them lest we forget that we're living in a pandemic. It's not their deadline. We've set ourselves this schedule with this project in particular. There is a sense of urgency, but there's also a sense of care. And, and it might be that this film will have to wait and that might have to be an output and the collective and I will regroup and we'll have to think this through. I'm not sure at this stage and I don't want to preempt anything, but um, these are the realities. And so there's urgency on one side and then there's the other side that a lot of anything to do with Vanua is you are at the Vanua's pace. Right. So <laughs> that's, that's fine. Yeah, it is what it is, and it's that's how it should be. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah then they're, they're not beholden to us; we are beholden to them. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta meet my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, no, one and now we're like, that's nice, but it's not time. Because <laughs> um, you and your your heated room in Ototahi, you just relax. But I mean, the other thing that we've maintained though, whilst we were preparing, is that uh, when Cyclone Yasa happened, we did a quick fundraiser and first of all, good to send sanitary packs for the women of the village because they, they were having delays with the government delivery of supplies. So they said they would prefer food. So we sent food packs instead. And that was the Turang Nikoro, who's the head of the village, came over and they picked them up. There's a form of presentation and then he took them back. And this is also important because you don't just go over and do the research and gap it. You just... <laughs> You know, like, thanks, guys. Have a nice life. You know, I've, I've got what I wanted. We collaborated with Vunilangi Book Club and sent some books over for the kids. And, you know, just maintaining this relationship so that this is a lifelong thing. I don't think that it ends after the film. I think that our relationship with the Yaro people will continue for some time. And now we've also met their children. I talked to you about the show at Te Uru called Names Held in Our Mouths. And we, we talked about now we carry their grandmother's names in our mouths. Like we have them. Mm. And women weren't always named by dead white historians and ethnographers, mm. males. They're just like, oh, this guy's name is this. He's from this village, but and a native woman. Like, you know, always that. And so that's always been part of and a big part of Dulcie Stewart's work as well, in particular, of being aware of women's names. And so we're very aware that they've trusted us with this. And so yeah. we'll trust the process and it will happen when it will happen. It'll happen when it's meant to be. We mm. can do all the things to help decisions to be made. But I think that we're, we're aware we're meant to be right now. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. 
I'm so interested. I think I've said it before, but like this idea of holding something in your mouth mm. that brings in this element of language and how mm. of names hold identity. They hold many things, but I wondered if you would talk a bit about the role of language in your research. Well, um, we don't all speak Fijian fluently. There's another thing I forgot to mention is that we all live in the diaspora. I- yeah. And so each of us has had different experience with the Fijian language. So obviously Tarisi and, and Tuana who are older, well, Tarisi is my age, sorry, even though she's brain-wise much older than me. <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of us, my understanding is fine, but I, I don't speak it as well. They are cultural safety advisors. They're like our first stop before we even say anything in the public is to stop with them and to check about not just Tikanga, but obviously about the language. Mm. And, you know, people like to use you know, language in naming our works, but particularly because sometimes they're words that haven't been spoken for a long time. Yes. <laughs> so one Fijian language week, we put out of these flyers with just some of the basic words like Batiningia, which is the tool, Daumbati, who is the hereditary priestess who does the marks, Ingia, which is to mark, Vengia itself, which is the practice of marking just these words and then differentiating, saying Vengia is different from Samungawe. Samungawe is contemporary. It's not traditional in any way, but Vengia is, you know, making that difference so people know just to bring it back into common usage. And I think that sometimes we don't think about it now that we just say it because we've been thinking about it for six years now or longer. Mm. And so it's lovely to hear other people saying it, you know, and they're like, tell me about this. Most of all, they want to know about their place. Like, what's it like in Ra? What's it like in Kandava? And then like, I don't know all of this <laughs> yet. <laughs> I would like to. Yeah, but, um, yeah, this is research, like not knowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting there. Give us a chance. Give us a second. Give us a yeah. second. So that's a big part of it is to ensure that the language returns into common usage. Mm. And the other thing also is being diaspora. So you have different experiences of being Fijian. And so you might want to use Fiji in a certain way, but it's not necessarily the way. It's you've just translated it into English from English. <laughs> and it's like, that's, that's no, that's not how it works. So we have these conversations in the background about that. Yeah. It's like acts of translation, eh? It's like they're always happening because necessarily we're in different yeah. places and whatever, but there's still what's the, the motivation, the ethics, what's the, yeah. Yeah, what yeah. else is kind of infused through the act of translation? The other thing is, you know, because there's also the shyness sometimes of because we're younger and so you have to ask an older person and then they were like, why do you want to know? Because they grew up in a different time and they still look at tattoo or or vengia as a practice from the dark times. You know, we've had that come back at us and why are you bringing these things back, taking us back to those dark times? And and so it's been quite confronting for some people but I don't think we're out here to you know rock any boats I think we're, we're like wherever and is on a personal journey mm-hmm. and we just we're very lucky that we can do this but you know I'm not in your face so it's okay it's all right it's another thing that you don't like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this will pass 
You'll feel better later. Go pray on it. <laughs> Sorry, that's a bit rude. <laughs> well, it's like knowledge is how But, you know, like, it's so tricky. It's like I already have so many things to deal with as a Fijian woman. I don't really need that recolonization. Mm-hmm. I'm not in that process. I'm shedding, not, like, recalcifying. Like, what are you doing? I... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, it is interesting to be Fijian women. Because, I mean, I'm, I know I'm digressing now. We were talking about language. But there was a time in the 1870s around then when a lot of the first conversions happened. And some Fijian men took it upon themselves. They, they were like, I'm going to be a good Christian and went and tried to stop women getting marked. Mm. And it's like already just at the first instance of change. And so a lot of that mindset is still there. Like, no, no, you're not. Mm. This is you- it's like essentially patriarchal in the worst sense yeah. of the word. Yeah. Yeah. You are listening to Art Not Science, presented by the Physics Room Contemporary Art Space. So, so the language brings up lots of that, yeah, like how do you ask and is it appropriate? But, but mostly I think we're much more keen to bring more of the language back. Absolutely. And yeah. I would love to see more in dialects. Mm. Because at the moment we have it in one dialect and we have about 80. Mm. When I say dialect, I think they're languages. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This relates back to people asking about like regional specificity, like what to like. That's right. It's like, well, it sounds, no doubt it sounds different as well. Mm. Or it's different in the mouth, however you want to say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, And also it depends on what we have anyway. And the language depends is, is, uh, based on where the researchers went. Mm, that's so true. Um, I read somewhere on the website, maybe about a woman in some sort of conversation raising the question of what else has been lost. And that really, yeah. that really woke me up actually. Cause I was like, of course, no, no practice. If you're going to call that exists in isolation and these things that you've spoken a lot about in work in terms of liku or other practices, but then mm. what about the things that the language didn't carry through, you know, that, mm. Yeah. So we, I mean, that's where the real library comes in because since we've started work, we get a lot of people stopping us. There's been lots of crying in supermarket aisles and things because when you meet people and they're like, they just want to talk about Bengi. And we always tell people when we do talks, go home and ask your mother, go home and ask your grandmother. Do you have your great grandmother there? Go and ask them. And they've been back and found out that their grandmothers were marked, their great-grandmothers were marked, and they knew and they talked about it and they, they asked them, like, why didn't you tell us? And they said, you didn't ask. And I was like, oh, my God, can you imagine the number? I mean, like, the last people who got marked were in the 1920s. I just think about that, like, that's that's a, well, as my dad used to say, F all in the big city. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yes. So that was was 80 years ago. That's nothing in time. So I know someone, um, she was older. She worked at the Oceania Center and she went to wash her aunt and prepare her for burial. And she saw her marks. And it's just like that. Like they're just walking around. Like, how do you know until you go and ask somebody? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about that. Then you start to think about, okay, so where are they from? So what's their dialect? Does she remember what the word was? Yeah. 
don't want to colonize them with Zimbabwean language. <laughs> you say, no, this is the only word. Hard out. Yeah. I think it's Margaret Altier just like, these people are living yeah. memories. And yeah. that way it's so, um, I don't know what you call this, like diffuse. That memory is spread across so many people. It's mm. not for any one group to hold. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think it is really interesting. I mean, 80 years is a long time of, of silence. 80 years is a long time to yeah. not ask a question. It's like almost yeah. a lifetime or perhaps, you know, give or take. Yeah. And I suppose something I think about generally is the generational gap. Mm. As you mentioned, it can be hard speaking to elders, like especially women. Yeah. If I think of my own experience coming out, wanting to ask my grandma, like, did you know any gay people when you were young? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I never asked her that, you know, it wasn't yeah. something I felt able to. And I don't yeah. know if that would have been okay for her as well. Absolutely. So that's just, that's kind of a, a stupid side example, but I think it's a question for all of us, especially as like women of this generation, I don't know, like the practice of participating in conversations and figuring out which questions are possible, appropriate hmm. like acts of love and care. And yeah. of course there's questions not to ask, but I regret not speaking yeah. to my grandmother yeah. about certain things. So I sort of like to live with that sense of like, is there a question on the tip of your tongue that actually the knowledge exists in your like very immediate sphere, but somehow you're so intimate that you can't ask the actual intimate question. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if this is scratching a bit, but like, I feel like having the project gives people permission to ask questions mm. Mm. or just like, Oh, it's a thing. Or like, do you know about this thing? Because it's not, it doesn't become about me. It becomes about, do you know, these guys, yeah. they're talking about this thing. Cause I know that when we went home for show in 2018, yeah. We went and did a formal presentation called Sevesev to the Tuivunda in the West. Right. We presented our kaupapa and ourselves. Well, I wasn't there. I was in, still in Puneke, but, and then we took it to the Fiji Museum. And then, and thanks to the people who do our event programming, we were very lucky to get them on. They volunteered, did a massive job on the media. So we were just everywhere. It was ridiculous. Oh, it was like, Articles in the paper every day, TV, radio, and it was opened by the Minister for Women on International Women's Day. So it was quite, yeah, snazzy. And, you know, you'd go in town and they're like, hey, you're those tattoo girls, eh? Yes, we are those tattoo <laughs> women. <laughs> vengia, vengia, yes, vengia, vengia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I just felt like it generated... Talano and in, yeah. in fact, I think it was Darisi's relative of her somehow was in the West and they knew what had to do with it. And I was like, look at that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just because people were sitting there not thinking about it until they were prompted and like, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's, that's right. Really Come here. I want to flick your ear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah, that's like, yeah, the function of discourse is like to go exponential. So it's not like this kind of centralized yeah. act anymore. You're doing all this labor to like retrieve something. Like it's nothing yeah. like that. It's like, uh, On the, sorry, can I just, while I remember. Of course. Just, just things happening as we go and exponentially. Another thing that we've built into the project is whenever we go overseas or we go home, we collaborate with one of the Fijian artists from that place so that, it continues. So the conversation is continues through their practice as well, if, if they wanted. But so each time it has resulted in a collaborative work at each exhibition. Mm. 
we always were like, we're not in any way gatekeepers. This knowledge doesn't belong to us. Mm. And we found it rewarding personally and creatively and spiritually to, to know more about your own tikkun and this sort of thing. So, you know, collaborations are always interesting. And a lot of time it's short and you're on the ground and then you work. Mm. <laughs> and then you show it at the end of that week and it's like, <gasps> but um, yeah. yeah. That's very it, cool. Well, yeah. Yeah, I still like it though because it just shares the love. Mm, interesting. I think maybe just heading towards the finish, I just wanted to sort of speak a little bit about the mechanics of working collectively. I, th- I think it comes up a lot and it's one of those strange things. It's like oldest time itself. And also <laughs> it's still like sometimes takes institutions by surprise or it's like, I don't know. I mean, we can think of um, Mata Aho recently winning the Walters Prize and that was like a first and then Maureen Lander of course is also acknowledged as part of this Ropu and then how does that work you know it's like well it's like every it's not like every some group projects all right but it's like having a group project and everyone is grown-ass women with their own calls and their own jobs and their own things that they do but you're doing something so bigger than you, so much larger than yourself and us as a collective that I think it keeps us real. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and grounded. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it is online, as you can imagine. So it's a lot of dealing with like five, six different time zones. So usually early Saturday morning, I think that's lately been the time of choice. But of course, yeah, who's in lockdown and who's at work and all the rest of it. But we have a group message, we have Zoom calls, but mostly it's it's not thrashing it out. It makes it sound more aggressive than it is, but it's it's discussing it. <laughs> and we've had, you know, different projects have different leads. Mm, mm. I'm interested. So, in that. Yeah. Yeah. So like Danita and Darcy, they took the lead on the Maramondino exhibition in Sydney. And we were able to be part of the collective, but I think that they took the lead on it and we had input. Um, And on this residency, I applied for it, but it is also a collective. So I'm taking the lead this time, Mm. I Mm. suppose. And a lot of it is checks and balances. Yeah, yeah. You know, just making sure that, that we're coming correct, that we're not saying something that... Because... Fijians are very, they like to talk about being humble, but they're very prideful as well. And especially because we're overseas. Right. And that makes a big difference. So there's a lot of not just cultural safety, but personal safety. Like just be aware that we now also speak on behalf of the Vengia Project or we're seen as a Vengia Project. I understand. And so there's accountability, not just internal, but external. Yeah, yeah. And those things are like in their own way have a, weight to them right so it's like important yeah shoulders to carry that we'll share that yeah and there's also joanna and tarisi there is because they have so much mana that i trust them implicitly Mm. and if they're fine with it it's a go and sometimes people don't realize how colonists they are they're going to be shooting you down from home and do this and we like you need you have to send you something would you like to read this because you you don't want to believe me when i say it Yeah, yeah it's it takes time, but yeah. collectively, I think no one's not talking to anyone anymore. 
<laughs> We're all still talking. <laughs> That's always helpful in the collective. <laughs> yeah, ground level. Yeah, totally. yeah. But there's been some good parties along the way, right? Like I've seen opening photos. Yes. At one of those openings. It was like there was a bunch of joy in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think we come to a close, Louisa. I could keep yeah. talking, but you have been so generous. I really, oh. really, really want to thank you. It's good to talk to you always. And, um, yeah, I want to make out to your whole collective as well. It's, like, very special for us that Louisa Toro is coming to do this residency with Macmillan Brown and CNZ. We get to host the exhibition, but I feel like, you know, you contain multitudes. You're bringing, <laughs> you're bringing all the people with you, and that's, um, that means a lot, so... This goes out to y'all. That was Louisa Tora talking about her practice and the Vengia project. I Lako Lako Ni Vengia, a Vengia project exhibition, will open to the public from Saturday 25 September and runs until Sunday 31 October. Come and see the show at our gallery space at 301 Montreal Street in the Arts Centre, Te Matatiki Toi Ora. We're open 11am to 5pm from Tuesday to Friday and 11am to 4pm on Saturdays and Sundays. Thank you for listening and tune in again next month on Friday 15 October at 8pm for our next episode of Art Not Science. Hey konara! The Physics Room is generously supported by Creative New Zealand, the Christchurch City Council, the Rata Foundation, Three Boys Brewery, Scientech, Resine Paints, and the Crater Rim. <laughs>